0: Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and let's get started. Lord, you are indeed worthy of our worship and praise. And Lord, we want to be sensitive to who you are right now. We want to be sensitive to your very presence. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you continue to do to give us instruction, to provide knowledge through your word, to give us wisdom, that we can use. Lord, may we always be sensitive to Your very presence because we know and we are reminded all of the time in Your Word that you never leave us. You're always present with us. But Lord, teach us, guide us, and show us Your glory as we go. We thank You. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The company where I work spent the time and money during the pandemic to remodel our corporate offices to a better user-friendly space. It has been a blessing to go from a workplace that was dark and largely uninviting to one that is now bright, open, and welcoming. With our present hybrid work schedule, It is great to have the blend of working in the best work environment I have ever experienced, along with being able to have meetings on Microsoft Teams from home while washing a load of clothes. My company, in its new floor designs, has added a great deal of emphasis on wellness for every employee. Wellness. It covers a number of categories, including being financially and physically healthy. But for me, my personal focus has been on the importance of emotional wellness. One of the great additions to my office today is the addition of a meditation room. A meditation room. The meditation room allows a person to schedule time to go, and one or two people to go and spend some time doing quiet reflection. And honestly, it's a great way to shut out noise and distractions. We literally do have to make a transition to be in a quiet place and shut out noise. Because we're surrounded by noise. You know, every now and then, it's probably a good idea, if you just want to have the TV on, turn the TV down you don't necessarily have to have all kinds of racket going on in your head. And it would be counterproductive, honestly, if you're trying to get into a Bible study or try to read, if you've got a whole lot of distractions going on. But this meditation room is great because it actually is a quiet room with adjustable lighting, and it's got a curved chair, and what I would call a very firm couch. It's not designed for people to go in and take a nap. It's a hard couch. (laughs) It is to sit upright and allow, in my case, when I use it, listening to a meditation on a Bible verse and spending time in prayer. You can reserve the room for a period of time, maybe a half hour. If you don't want to use a whole half hour, you don't have to. But the whole point is you can take that time and spend it as you see fit. (laughs) Meditation on God's Word is something that should be a regular practice for every believer. Every single day to shut out the noise of the world. Amen. Amen? 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 Shut out the noise of the world. How are you going to meditate with the Lord if you're hearing all kinds of stuff playing in your head? It's not going to work very well. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Psalm 1. Let's look at verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. This will be the New Living Translation, just for the sake of discussion too. My verses usually go with the New Living Translation. I also use the English Standard Version, so I'll try to identify those, but follow along in your version. Psalm 1, verse 1. All oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. See that last passage, last verse? They prosper. In all they do. Not only this, but know that your time with God in meditation has a positive impact on your relationship with Him. Only makes sense. Flip over to Psalm 104. Flip ahead to Psalm 104. Let's look at verse 34. Psalm 104, verse 34. And remember the emphasis that we have on worship. The time that we spend with the Lord. The time that we are giving to the Lord. Let's just start with this. We need to do it more often. Amen? Amen? More often. And it's great to have a daily Bible plan, which everyone should be on. Amen? Amen? Our church has talked about a Bible plan now for I don't know how long. And we have a two-year Bible plan that makes it really easy for you to be in the Word every day. Seven to ten minutes a day of reading time, and the rest of that time, the additional five to eight minutes or so in meditation of what you actually read. That's a 15-minute segment of your day. Now you got to be really, really busy if you ain't got 15 minutes of time. I don't care what you're doing. So the believers absolutely have no reason to make an excuse about not being in the Word. There are no excuses. And I say that now as a more mature believer recognizing we make a lot of excuses for the dumbest stuff that we think is more important than being in the Word. Present company excluded. But you know where I'm going with this. Psalm 104, verse 34. May my meditation be pleasing to Him, for I rejoice in the Lord. And we need to rejoice because He has done so many great things for us. And if you're in the Word enough... And you're living life enough, you already know everything I've just told you. We have reasons to rejoice. Here's a fact. God absolutely loves when you spend quiet time with Him. He absolutely loves when you spend quiet time with Him. That's a strong word because it's true. He loves when you're fellowshipping with Him. He loves when you're spending time with Him. Go to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Now, the meditation room that I told you about, it's almost as if the meditation room models this verse. Matthew 6, verse 6. It's almost as if this is basically speaking the language we need to hear about why we need to do what we do. Matthew 6, verse 6. Now, this will be from the English Standard Version. But when you pray, look at this. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now you can pray from wherever you're sitting or standing. Amen? You can pray while you're driving in the car. I know there are people who drive like they drive with their eyes closed, so I kind of wonder about that sometimes. But you need to keep your eyes open while you're driving. Amen? Amen? Amen. Uh, and you know people are crazy out there. You need to keep your eyes open to watch what the other folks are doing out there with you. But you can pray at that time, even if it's like, "Lord Jesus, save me from these crazy folks out here on the road." So you can pray in the car. You can pray while you're standing. You can pray right here. You can pray everywhere. But there's a lot to be said about going to a quiet place where there's no other noise except the noise between you and maybe you speaking audibly and talking to God and then just listening. He wants you to spend time with Him in order to get more and more acquainted with Him. And as we keep learning about how to pray and continuing to pray, we're getting more and more acquainted with prayer to Him. The time you're spending is valuable time. You're gaining more and more experience. And prayer can sometimes be very clumsy for the person who is not used to praying. But as you do it more and more, you'll get better at it. Just like anything else. Sometimes you have to use your muscles to get stronger, amen? Well, in some cases, you have to use your mental muscles now to pray and get better at that as well, too. All of your prayers should not be, oh God. Amen? Amen. It's very important for you to spend time with him. Become to become more and more sensitive to hearing his voice. Hearing his voice. It's important to be able to discern and listen to God's voice. His voice is in His Word, and His Word is reinforced by the enlightening presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us help as we go to Him in prayer. Amen? Amen. Maybe that's not an amen for some of you. Maybe you need to hear more. There are a number of questions you might have about learning, about hearing God's voice. First question, how do I know if I can hear God? How will I recognize His voice? How can I determine if it is God's voice and not someone or something else? Those are good questions. But let's explore some answers to this with the support of Scripture. First of all, how do you know if you can hear God and recognize His voice? Well, I don't think this is a controversial answer. I think that you're going to know God because God is going to enable those who believe in Him to hear Him. He is going to enable those who believe in Him to hear Him. And we hear Him through what? The recognition of His written word. Now that means you need to read your Bible every day to know what that written word is. See how that works? So when you're having struggles, when you're having difficulty, and I'm not speaking to anyone specifically in this room, but all of us have been through difficulty at some point, amen? The first thing you need to do is pick up this. That's what we need to do. When you feel that you're being attacked by Satan, Satan can't whoop this. You're going to the Word. Turn to John chapter 10, verse 27. I'm going to explain to you why God's going to enable you to hear Him. He's going to even help you recall verses you've read. And speak to you at the appropriate time when you really need it. John ten verse twenty seven. Now this will be from the ESV. John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice you hear that? My sheep hear my voice. That's a direct statement to anybody who's a follower of Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Amen. Amen. It's a simple statement. And of course, an important passage that also reinforces this. Go to Romans 10. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Now, this will be the New Living Translation. Your Bible will say something a little bit different um, just based upon a traditional sense. The NLT breaks it right down Real simple, for greater understanding in my opinion. Romans 10.17 So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Faith in Jesus is the result of believing that He is the Lord of your life. The Lord of your life. The one who is in control of your life. You're going to hear His voice as you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Let's answer that last question we asked earlier. How do you know if it is God's voice and not someone or something else? You will hear Jesus as you continue to remain faithful to Jesus. I'll say that one more time. You're going to hear Jesus as you remain faithful to Jesus. There's got to be a communication going on. There's got to be a foundation of communication taking place. You're going to hear Him as you remain faithful with Him. One of the greatest challenges we have as believers, faith. And remaining faithful to His Word. He's given us, as believers, the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? God knows we need the Helper. We need the help. We need help, amen? That's why we have a Helper. The Holy Spirit. Because we need all the help we can get. And I'm very thankful that we have the helper. The communicator of truth. And also the filter for any potential distractions. Now let's go ahead and look at the reminder of what we have. John 14. Go to John 14. Let's look at verses 15 through 17. John 14, verses 15 through 17. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus is... I love how Jesus lays out a road map. For all of us to see exactly what he has provided for us to be able to complete the very things we're talking about. John 14 verses 15 through 17. And notice that a prerequisite about remaining faithful. Look at verse 15. This is the New Living Translation. If you love me, obey my commandments. Well, what do you know? If you love me, obey my commandments. Let's start there. Do you believe that God's commandments are good for you? I kind of asked that rhetorically, but I didn't. Do you believe that God's commands are good for you? Well, there was a murmur there. I'll ask one more time do you believe that God's commands are good for you that's kind of important that's a real important thing to recognize because if you don't think they're good for you then let's just stop right here we'll just end this message because that is necessary for you to have success in truly hearing God speak to you If you love me obey my commandments. And then verse 16. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. That's the promise from Jesus Himself of the coming of the Holy Spirit. After the ascension that took place. And let's flip now over to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 9. Romans 8, verse 9. We in our flesh have a sinful nature. Amen? Amen. We do. In our flesh, as we are sitting here right now, we all are, we have a sinful nature. Amen? Amen. Amen. Not everybody in church on Sunday mornings after 11 o'clock is paying attention to what the message is all about. Amen? Amen. Because we have a sinful nature. We're thinking about sometimes anything and everything except what we should be thinking about and getting involved in. But yet, God knows that. And here we are in verse 9. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Because the Spirit of God is not going to dwell in someone who is a non-believer. Period. It comes right down to hearing Jesus through the power of God's word. It provides instruction, direction, and if necessary, correction. And we all need this correction every now and then. Amen? Amen. I say that very quietly, but we all know every now and then the Spirit has to correct us when we ain't doing right. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I love what it says in Second Timothy. Go to Second Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Now, this is a memory verse uh, for all of us. It's a memory verse for all of us. Because we're reminded of the power of Scripture, where it comes from, and what it's for. And the benefit that we have with the knowledge of Scripture. Hearing God's voice. Verse 16, 2 Timothy 3. This is the English Standard Version. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God, and let's say the woman of God, because it's for all of us, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. Amen. So now that we've made it clear that God speaks, because He does speak, we need to explore this further with questions about how we are to respond to His voice. Respond to His voice. As we listen to His voice, it's helpful to know that Jesus always speaks truth. Always speaks truth. And provides knowledge and godly wisdom. His voice provides guidance in a situation or direction pertaining to a course of action. It always will give you what you need as you move forward in life. Always. It always speaks truth. It gives it to you the way you need to hear it. Some of us don't like hearing the truth sometimes. Amen? That's because we have a fleshly nature. But we need to hear the truth. And the Spirit's always going to give it to us. God's going to always give that to us. Go to Psalm 32. Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. Every now and then when you look at Scripture, sometimes you need to look at it and say, you know, it gives you little nuggets that you can hang on to. And I think that that's the approach. You're not reading a novel, for goodness sake, when you're reading the Bible. Amen? It's not a novel. It's a book of history. It's a book that gives you context on the life of Jesus and what it means for us. The timing of it. The people who came before Jesus that we read about in the Old Testament. It has context to it. Not a novel. But look what the word says about what it does for everybody who decides to spend time in it. Verse 8, Psalm 32, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. If you don't know what to do in a certain situation, ask Jesus. He's going to give you instruction on what to do. It seems as though over the last six to seven or seven months or so, six or seven months, I think that's the right amount of time. My my bride is... We've had some really important decisions that we've had to make. And it's all good, everybody. Nothing bad. But the point is, is that when you make a decision, if you really don't know what to do, you give it to Jesus. Because it says here... I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Because what you do, He'll be with you as you make those decisions. And too often, we make a lot of decisions or do a lot of things without God's counsel. And then we wonder why... We slip and trip and trip and trip and trip and we don't know what's going on. Our challenge is to listen to God's, listen to his voice, and respond in faithfulness. When we don't, when we don't do this, we make the faithful decision to follow our own path or advice, and in many cases, outside of his will. Outside of His will. And I wish I could say believers weren't doing this. But believers sometimes operate out of God's will. Outside of His will. If we're being really honest about it. So we're going to learn something from this. Amen? Amen. We learn from our mistakes. Amen? Amen? The thing we learn from our mistakes is don't do it again, number one. And number two, rely upon Jesus the next time around. We don't want to fail God because we're living a life outside of His will. We're failing Him because all too often we succumb to the temptations of the flesh, the world we live in, and we put God in a place far removed from first place in our lives. God should always be in first place in our lives. Not second place, not third place, not 49th place, first place. We fail to obey his laws and precepts, and we fall victim to our own selfish desires. You want the list? Pridefulness, jealousy, envy. Anger with sinful behavior. Can I tell you something? Just a brief sidebar. There are believers that I know who, for whatever reason, they'll get together with somebody else they know and they'll make fun of someone, for example, who is unsure about who they are. They're going through this LGBTQ2 thing. This alphabet. Okay. Can't say all those all the time. Is any believer supposed to be making fun of anybody? I don't care what the other person is doing. Where is that an example when we say, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus be doing that? Of course not. We need to live in such a manner where we're not succumbing to what the world would do because the world's going to do what they do. But we get caught up with anger, sinful behavior, envy, jealousy, mockery. Now, we don't lose our membership in God's family, but we systematically remove ourselves from God's fellowship because we settle on the ways the devil as being more appealing. All of this occurs because we fail to listen to what he has to say to us. You know, God is speaking to us all the time. You have to choose to listen. In Hebrews 3, 7, go to that. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. This is exactly why the voice that we are to listen to in the form of the Holy Spirit makes a strong and firm declaration. A strong and firm declaration. Hebrews 3, verses 7 and 8. This is the New Living Translation. Verse 7, Hebrews chapter 3. Want to make sure everyone's there? We're good? That is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Do you see this? As Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. When you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. We need to listen to His voice, and not just listen, but also trust in His voice. Trust what you are hearing, and listen to it. Remember, it's always based upon what? Truth. Trust it. We get ourselves in trouble because of our inconsistency in trusting Jesus. Our failure to truly believe in Him. You know what? That's a war with the flesh. We are distracted all too easily by the desires of the flesh. The flesh is what makes us not want to listen to what Jesus says. Amen? Why do we fail to believe in Jesus? Here are some stoppers that reflect a reliance in our flesh. Number one, we fail Him when we lack courage and confidence. Lack courage and confidence. Courage is the ability to act on what we know is right and good and dare to do what lies in front of us. Fear paralyzes you. Amen? Fear paralyzes you. The epitome of the deer in the headlights. That's how we are sometimes. But it is courage that helps you move forward. Even when you can't see the outcome, you move anyway with courage. Go to Psalm 27, verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. If you keep the Lord close, this verse should have all kinds of meaning for you. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Isaiah 41.10 says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my Victorious right hand. Now some Bibles, the ESV Bible uses the word righteous right hand. But I love the word victorious. Because here is a reinforcement of how often we say the words. You ready? God's got this. God's got this. You're victorious. You already are in the victory. He holds us up with his hand. He strengthens us. He sustains us. And holds us up as overcomers. We need to live more like overcomers. That's how we are to live. That's how we are to overcome the flesh. Overcome. We're overcomers. Go to 1 John 5. I'm going to move things along here. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. 1 John 5. Verses 4 and 5. I don't want to rush too much. I want to get the essentials here. But I want you to really pay attention to what... How the Word speaks to us right off the pages of your Bible. To give you what you need. Sometimes we get hung up on hearing Him. You know what? He does speak to us every now and then. But... At the end of the day, if he's not speaking to you here, where you can hear a voice, he's speaking to you right here. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. That's what we have. That faith is a wonderful gift from God. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? There's nobody better. We fail God when we don't listen to His voice because we are listening to other voices. Here's a warning to avoid fleshliness and to devote devote yourself to Jesus. Go to Romans 6. Let's look at verses 12-14. through Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Romans 6, verses 12 through 14. Scripture gives us reminders about how much we were at war with the flesh. We're at war with the flesh all the time. It's counter to us hearing God speak to us. But look what it says in verse 12, Romans chapter 6. Do not let sin control the way you live. Amen? Do not give in to sinful desires. And he tells you this for your own good. Don't let any part, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. You hear that? Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law, instead you live under the freedom of of God's grace, we need to treat this relationship we have in Christ as a uh, as a relationship that is free, a free relationship. We're not in bondage; we're free. Isn't it interesting how back in the slave days, people who were illiterate who couldn't read the word, but they understood who the Lord was. And even though they might have been physically bondage, spiritually, they were free because of Jesus. That's the epitome of mind over matter. In spite of the conditions they lived in, they overcame because they were free in Christ. So, why are people who are fully capable of reading and writing and understanding and fully capable of handling and processing intellect choosing to live in bondage? Emotional bondage. Spiritual bondage. Interesting. Pride creates an adversarial relationship with God. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. That should be your mindset. And anger must be conquered. How many of you have had anger? Now don't put your hands up. If you've got anger issues, anger must be conquered. One more passage to look at. Well, there's more than one, but go to Genesis 4. Genesis 4. The best example I can come up with in Scripture to talk about why it's important for you to deal with anger. The Word says to be angry, but don't sin. Now, what you're going to see here is that Cain is at the threshold, everybody. The threshold. The threshold and making a decision, but there's a key verse within this passage that you've got to pick up on. Verse 3, Genesis chapter 4. Once again, Brother Beecher's favorite book. Let's start with verse 3. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Verse 6, why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. Amen? I mean, if you could highlight that verse. Highlight it. Because it comes right down to sometimes we have expectations and stuff but we ain't doing what we're supposed to be doing. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. We're out of fellowship with God because we're not doing what's right. And we wonder why we don't have something, we don't get something. We're doing something thinking it's good enough, but you're not acting right. What should your expectation really be? Watch out. Don't take the next step. Unfortunately, as Cain did, because he was so angry, got jealous of his brother and killed him. You wonder how stuff happens in the world today sometimes. Resist temptation from Satan. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You're not going to play buddy-buddy with the devil. And expect to hear from God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5 8. You can turn to that. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Because we need to understand that in our flesh, Satan's ready to capitalize on our fleshly behavior and our desire to live fleshly. Because Satan's ready to help you right along the path. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Verse 8, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. As you have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, this is never an issue. It's never going to be an issue. We run away from God when our life is not right. Amen? We run away from God when our life is not right. As we become more mature in our faith, there should be a burning desire in our hearts to run towards God and hear His voice. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And go to Philippians 4.13. Now this is a memory verse also, but let's go ahead and look at it and just watch the Lord speak to us from the pages of your Bible. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? He can do, all, we can, we can't do a whole lot of anything without Him, but we can do all things through Him because He gives us the strength. He gives us the courage. He gives us the wisdom. He gives us the knowledge that we need to be able to live for Him. God knows where you are. He knows who you are. He knows what you are. And He knows where you are. And you can't hide anything from Him. He knows all about you. To ensure that you hear His voice, be mindful of your thought life and heed your actions. Turn your heart over to Him and give it all you got. 1 John 1, verse 9. Go ahead and turn to that. Because this is something that you need to also see as well too. If you're not living right, there's a remedy. There's a fix. There's a way to address it. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful, and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He keeps His promise. The moment we turn to Him, He cleanses us. He forgives us and cleanses us. Be strong and courageous. Be confident in your position with Jesus. Turn to Joshua 1.9. Last one. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. You have to put things in perspective sometimes. And this, the same thing applies to Solomon when Solomon took over after David. Now, Solomon's just a young kid by comparison to David. And Joshua taking over after Moses, that's just a young, another young man. So the first thing you realize, you're in charge. God puts him in charge of leading his people. That's a very fearful thing. That's got to be, that's a knee knocker. it in your boots. So God knew how Joshua was feeling, what he was doing. So look what it says in verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen to His commands. Listen to His voice. He speaks to you. Listen to Him. Follow His advice. Allow Him to guide your life. Allow Him to steer you out of those bad decisions. He'll speak to you. Stay in His Word. Amen? Father thank you for your teaching thank you for your presence thank you for all that you're doing in our lives to help us along as Lord we just want to be faithful to you we want to hear you speak to us Lord we also want to do what's right give us guidance in your word Lord we give you thanks we give you praise we want to worship you and praise You for Your goodness, for what You did for us, Lord, on the cross. For at the end of the day, it's all about the cross. It's all about how You died for us, so that we may live with You forever. And we thank You for loving us that much to do what You did. Lord, we want to hear more from You. Train us, Lord, to do so. Help us to learn more about how to pray to you. Help us to spend more time in the Word and meditating in the Word with you. We give you praise and thanks for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.